0: This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Who's got a Bible? Bust out your Bible. Who's got a Bible, a real Bible? Yeah, look at this. It is like a wave that is happening through the church. Love it. If you got a Bible, go to with me in Matthew chapter 16. Um I need you to really press in tonight. Look at your neighbor, say press in. There are some times that I'm really like searching the Lord, Lord, what do you wanna say? And then there's some Sundays where the Lord's just like, here it is, this is it, this is it. And it was one of those weeks and it was just so clear, it was so clean, I knew exactly was the heart of the Lord. And I know it's exactly (laughs) where we're all at today. Matthew 16, verse 15, it says this, then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus is asking his disciples, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Listen, true wisdom does not come from the earth. True wisdom comes from the Lord revealing his heart, his thoughts, his desires, his ways to you, okay? It's God the Father who reveals these things to you. It says, you did not learn this from human beings. Verse 18, I say this to you, Peter, which means rock. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Can I get an amen from anybody? Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your presence. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal this to us today. We need you to bring understanding, guidance, direction, wisdom, your heart to us today. We open up our hearts to receive from you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give it up for the worship team. Get real loud for them today. John, can you bring me up a little bit? My voice is, I don't want to lose my voice. Welcome to week three of a series we're doing called Heart for the House. Uh, My message today, if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes, write down what God speaks to you so you can look at it and go back to it. But today's message is called Jesus People, okay? Jesus People. How many of you know this? that Jesus' people are different than people in the world, right? We just saw a testimony of Jesus' people, Zach and Stephanie Lloyd talking about how Jesus has transformed their entire home change the way they think, the way they process, the way they see the earth, the way they see their future, the way they see everything. Jesus' people are different than people in the world. Nicodemus came to Jesus, and he comes to him and he goes, what do I need to do to be saved? You know what I love is this, is that Jesus didn't say, pray a prayer, Believe in me, and then just go live your life the same way you did before, and you're good. Oh man, I'm gonna get deep today. Right? He said, What? You need to be born again. I remember like being a kid and like reading that and being like born again, and I just couldn't wrap my mind around this concept of being born again until I started reading the scriptures and reading and understanding what Jesus was really meaning, he was saying, listen, I need you to come follow me. What is he saying to Nicodemus? He's saying this, leave everything. Right? You're like, no, that's not true. That's not what Jesus really meant. Leave your job, leave your family, leave your friends, leave your position, leave your power, leave your home. He tells Nicodemus, hey, come follow me, and as you follow me, your entire life is going to change. The way you think is gonna change, the way you act is going to change, everything about you will change, and everything about you as a Jesus follower should change. Right? Right? We should never look the same year after year. Every year, trust me, the building's not gonna fall down, I promise you, okay? I promise you. It's hurricane rated up to 144 miles per hour. We're good, okay? I promise you. I know it's a windy day out there. Listen, every year, there should be milestones in your walk in faith of Jesus Christ. Moments year by year where you go, He changed his attitude, he changed his perspective, he did this in my marriage, he changed my view, he changed me, everything about me is changing. Now listen, I always say this, I can't wait to be 70 someday, why? It just means I've spent a lot of years with Jesus and he's changed a lot, right? I love seasoned men and women of God, why? They've just been with Jesus for a long time. And when everybody else is freaking out, they don't freak out. When everybody else doesn't understand, they're just like, we're good. Why? They've been with Jesus. They know his patterns, they know his nature, they know his character, but they've also allowed the Holy Spirit, they've allowed Jesus to transform and change everything about them. Love people. Jesus is saying, listen, I need you to leave sin. I need you to leave the world. I need you to leave culture behind. Because if you haven't recognized yet, sin, world, culture, it just all leads to death. Can I get an amen? Amen. Like real amen, like amen, like yes, I believe that. There is nothing this world has to offer me, right? Like, there's just nothing in this world that I can receive, have, position, money, title, power. There's nothing in this world that can truly satisfy my soul. It all leads to me finding death and being a slave to it, okay? So Jesus' people, I wrote some things down about Jesus' people, and I want you, if you're taking notes, write these down, okay? Number one, Jesus' people forgive. Yes? Jesus' people are people who forgive. Jesus' people are people who love other people. They care about other people. Jesus' people are people of grace, They receive grace and they give grace. Jesus' people are generous. They're generous people. Jesus' people carry the burdens and the cares of other people that they don't even know, right? We don't know these kids in Africa. Who cares? They have needs and we're gonna carry their burdens. Jesus' people serve. Jesus' people care about when the world is on fire. Jesus' people care about truth and not living in sin. Jesus' people love Jesus passionately. Jesus' people do. They're in love with Jesus. It's not just a concept. It's not just something they go to on Sunday mornings. It's not just the religious thing to do. Jesus people actually burn for Jesus and want more of Jesus, right? Like, I shouldn't have to twist your arm about December 6th You should be here on December 6th and be like, I can't wait to come back to church that night and worship Jesus. I can't wait to hear the word of the Lord. I can't wait to hear from Abner. I'm excited to be with Jesus that night. I'm excited to be in his presence. Throw away my throne. Throw away my agenda. Throw away what I have to do that day because it doesn't matter because I want to be with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to be with Jesus. Right? I'm like a strong black cup of coffee this morning, okay? Jesus' people are different. That's the kind of church that I believe God is coming back for. Right? Jesus isn't coming back for a weak, dead, boring church. Jesus is coming back for an alive church that is in love with him and his kingdom and his purposes. I will not raise anything else other than that. And I promise you in the last five years, there have been plenty of people who have left our church because they don't want it. Just being honest. Are they bad people? No. They're just not passionately in love with Jesus. And I'm a little too much for them. But I'm sorry, Jesus would have probably been a little too much for them too. Can I get an amen? amen. When you really read the Gospels, Would you really look at Jesus, Jesus walks by the disciples and he goes, hey, come follow me. He didn't say, hey, go home and think about it and see if it fits your agenda and see if it fits culture, see if it fits your world perspective, see if it fits in your mind. He just said, no, come follow me. And they left their homes, they left their families, they left their jobs, they left everything, and they just followed Jesus into the desert. Everybody goes, oh, I wish Jesus was here in 2020. No, you don't. Right? He'd get all up in your business. You'd be like, I don't like this Jesus. Jesus people are different. So we're going to look at four things today. Point number one is this Are you a Jesus people? Matthew 16, 18, now I say to you, Peter, which means rock. Jesus is renaming him, saying, you're the rock. You are what I'm going to build upon. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Do you know that what's happening in the world will not conquer the the church of Jesus Christ? It's just not going to happen. I don't care what anybody tells you. People are always speaking doom and gloom and, you know, the church isn't growing and the church is actually dying in America. Well, I'm sorry, but we're growing. I'm sorry we're pursuing after the kingdom of God. I'm sorry we're going after things. I'm sorry we're gonna see revival. I don't care what anybody else is saying. I know what the word of God says. Said the gates of hell will not prevail. Jesus' kingdom will prevail. Jesus will always win. The question is this. Are you a Jesus people? Because Jesus people care about building the church of Jesus Christ. They're passionate about building his church. Now, I want you to think about this. If the last day started, okay? Because we know when the last day started. It started in 1948 when Israel became a nation. We cross into the end days, okay? Jesus said someone from this generation will see the coming of the Lord, not the... Rapture of the church. He didn't say the rapture of the church. He said the coming of the Lord. That means the second coming of the Lord. So somebody that was alive in 1948 is gonna see the coming of the Lord. What does that mean? That we are in like the final, 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 last days, last moments before Jesus comes. And if you can't feel it in the earth right now, you are blinded. So Jesus' people are passionate about building his house, building his kingdom. First Chronicles 29, verse 6, it says this, Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, the captains of the army, the king's administrator officials, all gave willingly, verse 7, for the construction of the temple of God. They gave about 188 tons of gold. man. That sounds like Scrooge McDuck, you know what I mean? Like diving through the money, you know what I mean? Okay, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, 3,750 tons of iron, okay? They also contributed, I promise you we're going to be Okay. <laughs> I know some of you are like, is it the Wizard of Oz today? Is it a twister? Are we going to go away? We're not going to go away. We're going to be all right. I promise you. Everybody bring it down a notch, all right? (laughs) They also contribute pieces of stone, which were dispensed, deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jerrell. The people rejoice over the offerings. I love that. They rejoiced to give. They were happy to give, okay? For they had given freely, wholeheartedly to the Lord. Jesus' people are excited to build his house. They're passionate about it. Religious people care about themselves. Jesus' people care about other people. You're going to figure out who you are real quick. You're either I'm a religious person, I'm about me and my house and my kingdom and my kids and my life and my future, or you're about Jesus' house and his kingdom and people you've never met before and making sure that they have an opportunity to hear the goodness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus' people are passionate about his house. Jesus' people go, yeah, take my time. Use my time. You know? I, I, listen, listen. Throw up your hand, Jason, okay? Listen, this is Jason Howard. A bunch of you don't even know Jason Howard, okay? And if you were to walk by Jason Howard, you wouldn't even think anything about Jason Howard. But you know what I think about Jason Howard? Is that Jason Howard saves our church Thousands and thousands of dollars every year because he has this skill and he has this gift of AC and heat and taking care of our AC and heat and he does it for free and he serves his time and he's here during days and times that you're not here and he does it year after year and he saves our church thousands and thousands of dollars that we get to use for things like kids ministry and sending money to Africa because Jason Howard goes, use my time. Amen? Amen. Right? Jesus' people go, I have talent. Use my talent. Use me however you desire, not how I want to be used. We don't come to church and go, this is what I want to do. We go, you know what, God, just use me for however you want to use me. Jesus' people go, yeah, God, here's my time, my talent, and here's my treasure because I want to build your house. I want to build the kingdom of God. Point number two is this. Jesus' people have a righteous anger sometimes. John 18 says, suddenly, just like the wind. Suddenly, Peter took out his sword and struck the high priest's servant, shaving off his right ear. They're in the garden Judas comes, kisses Jesus, betrays him. They're there to arrest Jesus. They're there to take Jesus away. And Peter grabs his sword and says, which is so interesting to me, because like in my mind, I think of like the movie Gladiator, and I'm like, I'm going straight for the heart. You know what I mean? Like, I'm ending your life. He cuts an ear off. I'm like, super strange, but... Kind of cool at the same time that he was, like, skilled enough. I don't know about you, but I'm a lot like Peter. And I understand why Peter pulled out his sword. And I understand why Peter struck the man. Because he believes that Jesus is about to be taken advantage of. And it angers him. It draws out true emotion. Anger, disapproval, frustration. And this is how I believe that believers across the earth feel right now. Believers are angry. Believers have this righteous anger like we are leaving the things of God. We are leaving the Bible, we are leaving our foundation, we are leaving the kingdom for this watered-down mixture that doesn't look anything like Jesus. And so there's days that I'm just angry, and there's days that I wanna just like spew venom And there's days I want to post things. And there's days I want to confront people. And there's days that I just want to be so frustrated. And I think that the body of Christ feels this way. And a lot of times it is a righteous anger. I'll never forget the day that Como in New York said it was okay to abort a baby all the way up to, like, the very end, all the way up to the conception of the birth. Something rised in me and said, that's wrong! That's wrong, and I don't stand for that. And I'm not with that, and I don't believe that. I believe that every life matters, that every single baby is designed by God with a destiny, a future, and a hope on their lives. And something rises up. So what do we do? We don't have swords, so we pull out our phones. Right? Good thing we don't have swords, you know. (laughs) Like walking around outside. "Ah!" And so we fire off things. Because we're, it's like, it is, it's this righteous anger. Jesus' people go, I know the word of God, I know where he stands, and that's not truth. Problem is this. Jesus went and picked up the ear and healed the man. In the book of John, Peter looks at Jesus and he goes, Should we fight? He asks Jesus, He goes, Should we fight? And Jesus goes, No. And he heals the man's ear, the same man that's about to take him to the cross. The man that hates him. Jesus goes, it's so much bigger. I'm about to die for the person that hates me. I'm about to die for the person that's gonna reject me. I'm about to die and I just killed the man that's gonna beat me. Why? Because Jesus knows if we stay angry and frustrated, it will cloud our judgment. If we stay angry and we are full of hate and we're full of frustration, we won't reach the very people that Jesus is calling us to reach. So it's okay to have a righteous anger. It's okay. Jesus didn't rebuke Peter. You notice that? Jesus wasn't mad at Peter. He just needed to redirect everybody's thoughts. So get to have a righteous anger. It's okay to stand. It's okay to say this is who we are. It's okay that this is the line, but it's not okay to stay in hate and frustration and anger because Jesus is our example and our job is to become what? More like him, not like more like a political party. You're like, this is a bad word, Pastor Jeff. I don't like this word. Point number three. Jesus' people don't get distracted. Luke chapter 22, verse 33, Peter said to the Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even die with you, okay? Peter doesn't get it. Peter thinks that Jesus is about to go to jail. Jesus isn't going to jail. I I, I sometimes think like, man, Jesus couldn't have made it more clear to these guys. Like, I'm going to die. I'm going to give my life. And Peter still thinks that Jesus is there to become their king. Peter still thinks that Jesus is just going to go to jail. Peter is so confused. But remember this. Remember last week I talked about this, that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts? So there are times in the earth where we're we're really confused, we're really weary, we're really like, God, what is happening? At the same time, behind the scenes, God is working out his plan. Just like what's happening in the earth right now. God is at work, okay? You may be confused, you may be, I don't understand it, but God's thoughts are higher. Okay, so... Luke 22. So remember, Peter goes, I'm going to go to prison for you and I'm gonna die for you. And then we jump down a few verses, verse 54, it says this. So he arrested him, meaning Jesus. They arrested him and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards there lit a fire in the midst of the courtyard and they all sat around and Peter joined them. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him, Peter. Finally, she said this, you are one of Jesus' followers. Remember just a few verses before, Peter's like, I'll go to prison, I'll die for you. We all have moments like this. We have moments in worship where like, God, I'll go to the ends of the earth for you. He goes, Yeah, go on that missions trip. You're like, I don't know about that. Doesn't really fit my schedule. And his response, but Peter denied it. He says, Woman, I don't even know him. Verse 58 After a while, someone else looked at him and said, You must be one of them. His response is, No, man, I am not. I don't know him. I'm not one of his followers. Verse 59, about an hour later, somebody insisted, you must be one of them. Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, as he still was speaking, the rooster crowed. In verse 61, it says this, at that moment, the Lord looked at Peter, suddenly the Lord's words flashed before Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, tomorrow morning you will deny me three times that you even knew me. Verse 62, and Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Peter is feeling great disappointment and loss. And there are times in the earth There are times in our walk with the Lord, there are times in our journey with the Lord where things don't go the way you thought they were gonna go, right? And what happens? We end up feeling disappointed we end up feeling this great sense of loss. He literally thought Jesus was going to come and be their king, overthrow the government, and that the world was just gonna be perfect for them. And then Jesus doesn't do what he thinks. He allows himself to be captured. He allows himself to be taken away. He is allowing himself to be Throne. He's allowing himself to be beaten. He's allowing himself to go to the cross. And Peter can't wrap his mind around this. In the church right now, we feel like the world is on fire. We feel like the United States is under attack. We feel like right is wrong and wrong is right. And we feel so disappointed. Like Jesus, don't you hear us? Don't you hear our prayers? Don't you see our faith? Don't you see our commitment to you? It's frustrating. The Pope came out and said that he condoned same sex marriage in the church. What happens to Peter? His heart becomes distracted, his judgment becomes cloudy. Fear grips his heart. And this is exactly what the enemy wants to do to the church right before Jesus comes back. He wants the church to be distracted. Listen, in the greatest hour, in the greatest hour, Jesus is about to give his life, and three days later, he's gonna overtake death, hell, and the grave The grave should have never accepted him. Hell had no idea what they were doing. Jesus defeats it, and then he raises back to life three days later. And in the midst, in the greatest hour of victory for all mankind, Peter is losing his mind. And I believe that Jesus is saying, "Listen, in the greatest hour, I'm about to come back. Don't lose your minds." Don't get distracted. Don't lose heart. Look up. I'm about to come. Your trust has to be in me. You can't afford to get blinded and distracted in this very moment. Point number four is this Jesus, people have a mission. Jesus people have a mission. So Peter denies Jesus and he does what all of us do. He goes, forget it all. Right? I'll go to church. I'll just kind of go through emotions. I'm really just not invested in this anymore. And Peter grabs all the disciples because there's always a ringleader, right? There's always somebody that somebody follows. And so Peter grabs all the disciples and Peter goes, let's just go back to fishing. Let's just go back. (laughs) He spent three years with Jesus. Peter did signs and wonders, miraculous things, and then he got disappointed and went, forget it all. Let's go back to fishing. And this is what we do. When things don't go the way we think they're gonna go, we go, God, I, I was a fool for walking in faith. I, I, I shouldn't have, you know, trusted you. I, you know, the enemy comes in, he starts beating on your mind and your thoughts. You know, you're just so weak-minded. You're a fool. You can't believe that you trust God that way you know why none of this really matters. And so Peter's on the boat, they're fishing, and they're not catching anything. Why are they not catching anything? Because there's no more grace to catch anything. Some of that just went over a bunch of your heads. Listen, there are seasons and times that there's grace on your life and then the grace dries up because God goes, I'm not gonna let you fish out of that anymore. You're not called to that anymore. I need you to walk in faith and trust me so you can't go back to that. I'm gonna make it so hard and so dry and so tough that it's gonna force you to see me. Amen? That's okay. When a season dries up, it only means that God has something better for you, but you're gonna have to walk in faith and trust him. And so they're fishing, nothing's happening, and then Jesus shows up. And I love what Jesus does. I've always loved this, because I just think he's so cool. Jesus makes some breakfast. Like, I love breakfast. <laughs> I mean, do you? I mean... I'll go to First Watch right now, you know what I mean? Like some French toast, fresh squeezed orange juice. Can you imagine Jesus making you breakfast? Breakfast in bed with Jesus, right? Why does Jesus make them breakfast? Because he cares about their physical needs. He cares about your physical needs. He cares about your home. He cares about your children. He cares about your job. He cares about the things that you care about. He cares about those things. And so he's appealing to them. They're tired. They're hungry. They haven't catched anything. So Jesus makes fresh, warm bread. Could you imagine fresh, warm Jesus bread? I mean, <laughs> Texas Roadhouse has nothing on Jesus bread, okay? Right? I know they have cinnamon butter. Eh. Jesus bread, fresh bread. He makes them breakfast, right? And Peter and all of them come running to Jesus. What's Jesus doing in John 21? He's refocusing them, right? And I feel like if you allow the Holy Spirit right now, the Holy Spirit wants to refocus you, So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something, and I truly believe this. One way or another, the election is far from over, okay? One way or another. And let me say this too. Regardless of who wins, Jesus is still king, and I still have a mission. And my confidence is not in a political party. Now, I believe that one stands for the kingdom of God and one doesn't, Okay? But you know what I have come to learn is this, is that when we come to Jesus, we give him something, and then we let go of it. Right? So, like, for me, I'm learning to a greater degree. God, here it is. And now I'm not going to focus and be distracted on all the things the world and the enemy wants me to be focused and distracted on. So Jesus comes back and refocuses them. Because remember where I started today? Jesus said to Peter, your name is Rock, and upon this rock I will build my church so he needs Peter to be who he's called to be, the rock where he will build the church, the church, the church that we now are in, the church of Jesus Christ. It starts with Peter. And so he comes back to Peter and he goes, this is the mission. Go ahead and put up that picture. We, we have a mission here at Elevate Church. And it comes from John 21. The mission of Elevate Church is three things. Number one, we're going to feed people the word of God. I believe the word of God is the hope of of our lives, the hope of our future. It changes us. It makes us new. It changes everything about us. And we're gonna feed you the word of God. We're gonna feed our youth the word of God. We're gonna feed our kids the word of God. We're gonna make it relevant. We're gonna make it bite-side. We're gonna do whatever we need to do to give people the word of God. We're gonna feed people the word of God because Jesus came to Peter and he said, hey, feed my lambs. Feed those who don't know me real well. And then he said, feed my sheep. Feed them the word of God. Teach them the word of God. And then he tells them, hey, take care of them. I need you to tend them. I need you to take care of them. I need you to walk life with them. I need you to be next to them because they're gonna have some days that are up and they're gonna have some days that are down. And in all the seasons and all the times, they're gonna need somebody to stand with them. This is why groups is so important. Community is important. Making time to be with other believers that will believe with you, pray with you, stand with you. Listen, I I love all of you. I love all of you. But as this church continues to grow, I can't be that for everybody. You're going to have to have other believers that are in the same season of life that will believe with you, pray with you, stand with you, walk in faith with you. That's what makes a church amazing. Right? So he says, take care of them. Take care of them. And then he says, I need you to love them. And that's where we have to be really good. We got to be really, really good at loving people. And we can't love people if we're angry and frustrated all the time. I'm never going to compromise. Never, I'm never gonna compromise on the word of God because I believe that sin leads to death, but I believe that the word of God leads to victory. So if the word of God offends somebody, it's okay because I believe it's gonna lead them to victory. Amen? But at the same time, I choose to walk in love. Do you mind if I share that story? about your friend that called you, about me in the church? Yeah? Hey, worship team, come on up. This was probably a year ago, maybe less. Melissa Melissa calls me, and she says, hey, um, I've been inviting uh, some people to church for my work and kind of all over. She's just a true evangelist, and I really appreciate that about Melissa? And um, she said, I invited uh, somebody and this person called me and they said, hey, um, I wanna let you know, you know that um, I'm homosexual, but I really wanna come and I wanna come with you to your church, but I wanna know what your pastor would think about me. And this was her words and she knew exactly what I would say. She said, listen, at our church, we don't believe that that lifestyle is God's best for you, You don't. We don't believe that that's God's heart. But she said, I promise you, if you come, my pastor will love you. I promise you, if you come, my pastor won't treat you any differently than anybody in that room. I promise you, if you come, there'll be a lot of people that will just love you really, really well. that's the Church of Jesus Christ when I gave my life to Jesus everything didn't change overnight that those first couple years the only reason I'm here today is the grace of God but there's a guy named Taka He loved me and loved me and loved me when I acted like an idiot over and over and over again. I had a lot of world in me. I had a lot of culture in me. I had a lot of junk in me. And he just kept loving me. He just kept loving me. And he kept loving me. And he kept believing in me and believing in me. Jesus people love people. Jesus people care about the world. I went to Costco on Saturday. Bad decision, okay? Bad decision, okay? There was more people at Costco. I I thought all the nations of the earth are here right now. It's just. and I'm walking to get in line and the line started at the very back of the building, the very back of the building, and I'm walking by all these people and the Lord keeps telling me I love that person and I love that person. and I love that person and I love that person. I care about that person, I care about their life and I care about them and I care about them and I love them and I love them and I love them. And I guarantee you a bunch of them don't believe what I believe. but Jesus' people love like Jesus does, and Jesus' people allow Jesus to change your perspective. That's what Heart for the House is all about. Why are we giving? We're going to give because we believe in people we've never met, right? We've never met, there are families and kids, individuals, people of all different races and ethnicities and cultures and backgrounds that are going to come to Elevate Church in 2021. And they need to taste the goodness of God. And when we give, when we give our time, we give our talent, we give our treasure, we're making that possible. Nobody thinks about the heat in the air, but I promise you, if you were with us at the warehouse, you really care about the heat in the air because it used to be like 100 degrees in the warehouse or it would be freezing in the warehouse. And now people just get to come and enjoy a beautiful building, a peaceful building, a cooled and aired heat building. Why, because people like Jason Howard. Jason Howard goes, yeah, I'll give my time. Jason Howard also gives a lot of finances. Jason Howard also buys parts for the the heat unit when I didn't even know that. We needed something fixed, he just does it. Why, because he just loves the kingdom. He just believes. He believes in the mission of Elevate Church. He believes in the mission of Jesus Christ and he wants to build the house of God. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? So December 6th, there's envelopes in the seat in front of you, You take this envelope, you go home You pray as a couple or you pray as an individual and you go, God, what do you want me to do? Just like Deloitte said, they're excited. I believe that there's people that are gonna choose to start tithing. That's sometimes the very first step. You're like, I'm gonna choose to give God my 10% and I'm gonna make this a commitment. And then there's some of us that are like, we already are there, we already choose to tithe. We're gonna go above and beyond and we're going to invest in what Jesus is going to do in 2021. We're excited about it. And then we're gonna grab our families, and we're gonna grab our kids. You know why we're gonna grab our kids? Because we need them to see us be obedient, okay? Your kids will be what they see. So if you are obedient to Jesus, if you show them Jesus in your home, they will grow up to be Jesus' people. Amen? You want your kids to serve the Lord, you show them, you teach them, you show them with your own life. I remember growing up sitting next to my grandpa, and I remember he would grab that tithe envelope, he would fill that out, and I remember he would let me, I would reach into his pocket and grab his tithe check. I didn't understand it, until I got older, and then I understood. He was being obedient, and he was teaching me how to be obedient. That's why we're gonna grab our kids, and we're gonna do this as an act of faith, as a family together going, we believe in the mission of Jesus Christ, and our family, we are Jesus people, and this is our mission together. You never exclude your children from what God is doing. You bring them into what God is doing. You show them what God is doing and let them be a part of what God is doing. Amen? So December 6th is gonna be a great day. We're gonna give a great offering to the Lord. We're gonna celebrate Jesus. We're gonna celebrate the opportunity to give to the Lord. And then that night, God is gonna pour into us. It's gonna be an amazing, amazing day. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for refocusing us today. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the Word of God that changes us. Thank you, God, it reveals who we are, the things that we need to change, the perspectives we need to change. God, I thank you that you're raising up Elevate Church to be a people after you that runs after your heart, runs after the kingdom, that's excited to be a part of the kingdom, that lives with vision, lives with mission, lives with purpose. Thank you, God, that we're a church that's alive. I thank you, God, that we're a church that's growing. We thank you, God, that we're a church that's busting at the seams. We thank you, God, that our children's ministry is overflowing. We thank you, God, that your hand is upon our church. We thank you, God, that your blessing is upon this house. We thank you, God, that you come every week and meet with us and pour out your grace upon us. Fill us with vision, Lord. Fill us with vision for the time we live in. Fill us with purpose. Fill us with your hope, the joy that we know that you are soon coming. We trust you. We trust you. And we choose to obey you. We love you and we praise you. Jesus' name. Come on, give it up for Jesus today. Give it up real loud for His kingdom and His word and His truth. God is so good. I'm so excited about where we're going. And you should be too. Because you're a part of what God's doing in the earth right before He comes back. Amen? Hey, if you got kids in elementary, please go get them open house is going to happen probably 10 minutes after. Give us 10 minutes to just go and switch out the room. We love you. We love you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.